Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In with your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week, we're chatting about apologies. Stay tuned. Hi, Megan. Hey. So I saw my therapist last week Mm -hmm. and we had a whole conversation about how I do too many things. I feel like uh, she might know you really well already. Yeah, we haven't had that many sessions. Uh, to be fair, she said uh, that she identifies a lot with <laughs> some of the issues that I seem to have. Anyway, she has, she has very quickly pinpointed me on a number of things. And we were literally talked about how I, I do too many things and I take on too many things. And then... Later that day, or maybe the next morning, I had up a question box on my Instagram and was like, you know, how can I help you? What questions do you have about adoption stuff? And someone asked if I know of any book clubs for adoptive parents. And I answered and I said, I don't really know of any off the top of my head that, you know, I did a book club with... My friends Andy and Allison on The Body Keeps the Score, but um, well, that wasn't really necessarily adoption specific. And I don't, you know, I think they're going to do it again, but I don't know. And if anyone knew of anything to let me know. And then I like off the cuff was like, maybe I should do one. And I had so many people message me and be like, please, that would be amazing. So now I'm doing a book club. Did you, you don't, you didn't see your therapist today. So next week you can tell her. <laughs> next time I see her, I'm going to be like, guess what? But I am, <laughs> my, my compromise is that I'm only going to do it quarterly and I'm going to make people pay like 10 bucks to participate. So for three reasons, A, to, you know, potentially compensate some of my time, B, if I want to have, um, like adoptees or birth moms or something like someone come on as sort of as like a guest speaker. I want to be able to compensate for them for their time and see, I can't remember if I was doing numbers or letters here. So maybe I just mixed that up. But the third thing is also so that the people who sign up actually have us have like something a little bit invested. So they actually show up and participate and don't just, like, show up and be like, Whoa. do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's my compromise is I'm only going to do it quarterly. And I'm going to have people pay, like, 10 bucks to participate. So, and I'm not, and it'll mostly be adoptive parents, but I'm going to leave it open in case, you know, anyone outside of, you know, the immediate adoption triad wants to participate or, you know, whatever. But anyway, (laughs) I've had a lot, (laughs) I've been asking people questions. Like I've been putting up some polls in my Instagram stories to find out like what kind of content people are interested in, what kind of books they'd like to read, you know, what kind of setup they would like. uh, So I can kind of gear it to be, you know, off the bat, what people are kind of hoping that it would be. And I've, I've been really surprised at how many people have been answering the questions and seem really interested in doing it. So maybe I, I do it and I only have like two people that come to it, but 
I'm at least going to give it a try and see what happens. And, you know, what's the worst that happens? I read some books. Right. Like, (laughs) darn. Right. And, like, the first couple books I think will probably be ones that I've already read and am familiar with. Um, So, you know, the the prep time for the first couple won't be, like, too, too crazy in that regard. But um, I already have a few more books on my list that I'm like, okay, well, I'll add that to my to-read list and kind of see if that might be a book we want to cover. But anyway, that's my story about how I literally had a conversation <laughs> with my therapist about how I do too many things. And then the next and day then you I turned like, around. I'm going to do this thing because I see a need in the community for it. <laughs> I mean, that's the best reason to be doing it, though. Right. No. I mean, I, I, I saw a need. People were asking for it. It's funny because one of my friends, she messaged me and she was like, I love how when you you decide you're going to do something, you just do it. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, pretty sure I exhaust my husband. So there's that. It does not come back to bite you in the butt at all. Oh, no, never. Never. <laughs> it's fine. How are you, Megan? Well, I'm good. My dog is very much enjoying all the drifted snow that we got. We got like, I don't know, five inches yesterday or something like that. And it, But it was also blowy. Yes. So there's like some parts of our backyard where like some of the patio sidewalk was empty of mm-hmm. snow. And then other areas, the snow comes up like to her chest. Yes. And... She has so much fun bouncing around in the snow because she's a weirdo. <laughs> uh, but I was, well, the boys were shoveling and I was sweeping off of our, sweeping the snow off of our front porch because it's wood. So I wanted to, we wanted to get the snow off to try and like save it. Yes. Obviously, keep take better care of it. And when I decided that I wanted a house with a wraparound porch, The snow did not really factor in to that that calculation (laughs) because I didn't think about the snow getting on the porch. Yeah. (laughs) There was a lot of snow. I mean, it's a big porch, but there was a lot of snow on that porch. And a big porch. So that's a. (laughs) Oops. It's fine. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. There's just one one spot in the, the corner. Where I can't, I couldn't get use a broom to get it off because it was too deep. And oh like, no! The little spaces where I was like shoving the snow out, it wasn't going through, so oh, there's no. still snow there. But that's, the rest of it, I it was great. It's like melted now because it was sunny all day. That's pretty. That's pretty good. That's not, right, and it was like a whole 13 degrees instead of it was a heat wave, zero degrees. So. <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, it's been interesting this last last few days with the weather. Our you know our weather has been so bitterly cold, and then the South has been pummeled by snow that they do not have the infrastructure to handle. And it's no, been it's a, been really bad. Yeah, it's it's a hot mess, and twenty 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 one has is really pulling some twenty twenty vibes. So not so not offensive. No. <laughs> Didn't it know that on New Year's Day all the shenanigans were supposed to stop? Right? <sighs> Interesting how that's not actually how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. We're going to talk about apologies today because I think that there are two problems 
with how people apologize in this world. I think the first problem is that some people apologize too much. Especially women. Especially women. And the second problem is that some people are really shitty apologizers. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to actually talk about both things. Um, Because I think that they're both apropos when we're talking about this topic. So, Megan, talk to me about how women apologize too much. What do you, as a woman, what do you see with your friends? I tend to be a chronic over-apologizer. I'm sure you notice it with me. Um, But what do you see with your friends in terms of apologizing too much? I would say, in general, women apologize for everything Mm -hmm. things that are not within their control but even if it's stuff that's in their control it's stuff that doesn't matter right for instance if you are you know get a message from someone at work and you don't respond right away because you're you know in a meeting in a meeting or you're in the bathroom you're your first instinct is to go, oh, I'm sorry. I was I didn't respond because of whatever you're doing. Right. And I granted I'm a woman, so I don't actually know what men necessarily would say, but I feel like men do not apologize for things like that. Oh, no. Where it's if just I- part of existing in life where things happen. And women just automatically apologize basically for taking up space. Right. Or inconveniencing anyone in any single iota. Like, if if I asked Alex, like, oh, if you were in a meeting and couldn't respond to an email within the first hour, would you apologize (laughs) For the late response or apologize for not responding right away. Like, I can guarantee you he'd be like, fuck no. (laughs) Um, I found an article on Forbes and like some other examples. And and I think that this is extremely prevalent in the workplace, but I think that it happens just in in life in general, too. Um, Where we say things like if, if we're sending an email and we say, oh, sorry, could you send me that report? Or, sorry, I won't be able to make it that day. Like, you you don't have to preface either of those sentences with sorry. Um, Similarly, like, people say, I, I just wanted to touch base with you. I just wanted to check in, which is another form of apologizing. Right. I do it all the time. I'm so guilty of that one. Oh my gosh. I am the most guilty of that one. And I have really been trying to not do both of those things to not use sorry or not be like, oh, I just wanted to check in. And sometimes I use it as I was going to use. I was going to use the term conversational lubricant, but I I don't, (laughs) I hate myself for that. But like, if I think someone is going to be a little prickly, sometimes Mm -hmm. I will throw those things in on purpose to 
help get a not so prickly response back. Um, so sometimes I am using them purposefully and mindfully because I don't want to deal with someone being prickly. Um, but in general, I've been trying to be a lot better about saying, you know, like, can you send me X, Y, Z? Not sorry. Could you send me that? Or not saying, sorry, I can't make it, but just saying, unfortunately, it looks like I'm not going to be able to make that day or that call time doesn't work for me. How about X, Y, Z instead? Um, so like I'm, I'm trying to be more mindful of that and I'm certainly not (laughs) perfect (laughs) at it at all, but, um, it's definitely, it's definitely a thing. And I think, again, this is one of those things that having a daughter has raised my awareness of, Mm -hmm. um, and like even seeing, Eden's older sister who's two and she's extremely verbose for a two-year-old I will preface with that but she will like bump into the table and be like sorry (laughs) and so like I and I and I see Taylor being like you don't you don't need to apologize to the table like it's like there's there's a there's a line of figuring out as, as a female in particular, when is an apology actually necessary? Like, when do you actually need to say, I'm sorry? Yeah, and I think it's interesting that you mentioned the one of the reasons why you might do a little bit of a pre-apologizing is to um, tamp down anyone's possibly prickly feelings. And I think that is also something that women out automatically look out for Mm -hmm. and in the age of everything being online it is so hard to read people's attitudes whether it's via text message or work slack or over email it's it's so hard to know the thought process that is going on in that other person's mind as they're writing the email response right i mean we live in a we live in a time where if you send a text that says okay mm-hmm. that's fine if you text to send a text that says okay period oh my god this person is so angry i will say that it's weird to put a period after okay because okay is a it's word a like word. it's just okay <laughs> but a, but the whole thing where you're not supposed to put periods in general is super weird to me and i don't like it um, sometimes I just like punctuation right but when I write emails especially I just want to get to the point of why I'm writing the email and right. sometimes I you know I'm writing pleasantry emails like to my dad or to my friends and stuff mm-hmm. which is different but if I'm writing a business email after like a very quick hi mm-hmm. I want to get down to business my time is valuable. Your time is valuable. Let's not waste any time kissing right. each other's butts, essentially. Right. Yeah. I but I still that. am the same person who's like, I'm just popping in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do too many pleasantries, but I will just say I'm just popping in to get that thing that I need from you. So if you could yep. send that, that'd be great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely... 
I don't know that. I think that we just have to be. It's one of those things you have to practice self awareness with. Like once you are aware that you do it, and you realize how many times a day you apologize, and how many times a day you didn't actually need to apologize for something. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there are times where you really should say you're sorry for something, but there's certainly times where you say it and it's just not necessary. And I, I think that that maybe it just starts with becoming aware of it and then that awareness leading to, okay, what can I say instead? Yeah, I think it's a muscle like anything else that you have to learn the behavior. And I think it's just a, such a reflex for so many people. You're not even necessarily paying attention to what you're saying. It's just like, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, my goodness. There is a plugin on the, the – it's a Gmail plugin. I'm discovering this as, as I was looking through this article – and it's called Just Not Sorry. <laughs> and it warns you when you write emails using words which, which undermined your message. I love it. Like it underlines it and then it'll tell you why that might not be the best thing to use. It's like a, an apology clippy. It is. I so, see you're trying to apologize again. Let exactly. me help you with that. Let me, let me tell you that maybe you should just not. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Okay. I, I will we'll link to that in our quick links on uh, the blog um, with a transcript for this because that's actually pretty cool. Um, so, again, like, there are, <laughs> in an age of technology, there are tools that can actually help you become more cognizant of these things so instead of the lines that tell you when you're misspelling your own name because sometimes they don't like my my name um it's a thing that'll put a line if you are saying things that may be perceived in not the most assertive way not the way that you want them to be i love that so steffi while we are not apologizing, mm-hmm. what are some reasons and ways that we actually should be apologizing? Oh my gosh. So I think somewhere along the way, somewhere between women apologizing too often for things that they don't need to <laughs> apologize for, we like also forgot how to actually make apologies here's what an apology is not i'm sorry that offended you that is not an apology that is what we will call a non-apology or how about i don't agree with that right right so i i think and it's interesting because, again, living in the age of social media, in which we do, um, I think that we've actually seen a number of both good and really bad apology examples in the greater public, right? Mm-hmm. We see 
celebrities and politicians getting called out for their actions. And then we see how they respond to that. Um, we see that either they own up and they make a acceptable apology and then they make the actions to show that that was a real apology or they give a non-apology and don't change their actions and demonstrate that whatever statement they issued was truly just a PR ploy. Mm -hmm. uh, because I think that that happens a lot. I think that a lot of times when people get called out and um, their actions come into question and they're, they get their publicist on it and their PR team is like, here we go, we're going to put this out. But the, the person isn't actually sorry for yeah, the I, that they said or I did. think one of the one of the key ways you can spot that is when the apology includes the phrase, it wasn't my intention to, right. blah, blah, blah. Yes. Uh, unless you're a truly horrible person, of course it's not your intention. Right. But you said what you said. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And and I think that that also comes back to something that we learned a lot about in 2020, which mm -hmm. was intent versus impact. Mm -hmm. Like, I think when people say things like, oh, well, that's not my intention. Just because it wasn't your intention doesn't mean that your words or actions didn't have a negative impact. So, right. If you could, tr you can translate it to other scenarios where, like, mm -hmm. I, it wasn't my intention to poison the food. <laughs> <laughs> but oops. you happened to get sick. It's not my fault because right. I didn't intend. Like, that's not, no. Right. Like that's an extreme example, obviously. It, but it is an extreme but example, but I think that it's it's a it's a useful analogy because like that's something very obvious where people would be like, oh, what you did was really bad, mm -hmm. and it wasn't my intention to you know get someone sick, but I did. But then, when your words hurt someone, the words that you're using hurt someone. It's so much easier for people to be like, well, that wasn't my intention, and brush it off. Right. Like, if the harm is not, uh, if there's no, like, physical harm, I think that people feel much more like they can be like, well, it wasn't my intention to hurt you. I didn't, I didn't intend for my words to hurt you. And no, you probably didn't intend for your words to hurt someone, but that doesn't mean that they didn't have an impact that you weren't anticipating and that you can't apologize and also implement changes moving forward. So I looked up some articles, and there's a lot of articles um, about apologies and sort of the anatomy of a good apology. Um, and the thing I think is kind of funny um, is that most of these say... The first step is to literally say, I am sorry, <laughs> or I apologize. <laughs> um, but, which is, you know, it's funny because we were just 
literally just saying, don't say you're sorry so often. But when it's necessary, start off with it. It's a very uh, tippy scale. Mm-hmm. You have to balance precariously. Right. Um, the Another thing that it, that some of these articles are, are saying is that um, like to keep in mind that your apology should not be immediately followed by however or but <laughs> and then be giving an excuse like if you're following your apology with an excuse you're undermining your apology mm-hmm. and your motives- and you're undermining how they feel Right. You're you're simply saying, like, I'm sorry I did that, but and here's my lame ass excuse. Um, and you're making it very clear that you don't actually mean it. Um, so if you're if you're if you're gonna follow up an apology with a but or a however, maybe just like don't just don't apologize because you don't actually <laughs> you don't actually care. Um Another thing that it, they're talking about in some of these articles is also um, think about the timing of your apology, which is which yeah. is interesting, right? Um, because it, it totally depends on the situation, um, like and the person, and the person, and just all the things, like. Sometimes you need to apologize immediately. Sometimes you might need them. They might need some time to cool off to even be able to, like, hear your apology. Yeah. And Uh, it might be a case where you might, you might have to, even if you try to apologize right away, you might have to come back to it again later and express, express maybe in a different way. Right, exactly. So I think there's a there's a fine balance between, you know, if you need to wait, waiting the right amount of time, but not waiting forever. Um, like, and, and, cause I, and I think that we see this, we see this on social media and with politicians and celebrities a lot too, like, they get called out on something and or there's a stirring that their followers or their constituents are unhappy about something and then they like wait too long to make the apology where then it's clear again they're just doing it because they're afraid that they're gonna be canceled um yeah, I would say a really good example of that last year was Allison Roman, mm-hmm. who uh, made some mistakes and <laughs> uh, took quite a long time to properly address it. Right. Um, and then when she did, it was very, very uh, obviously written by a publicist and not herself. And if she had apologized for it, right away then I think that the outcome for her would have been a lot different but because 
she waited so long, like she ended up having some some career ramifications. Yeah, and she made a mistake, and then she defended the mistake, and then right. she waited a really long time to properly address it, and now she is out of her job. Well, so, and we're actually seeing that right now for any of my fellow uh, Bachelor fans. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, was are... just hearing about this actually. Yeah, so we're seeing that right now. So, one of the finalists, I guess, on this current season, which was filmed months ago of the bachelor um it it, some pictures of her recently surfaced at a uh, plantation themed party in 2018 and the interesting thing actually is that now the controversy is less about her and has actually become about chris harrison uh, because he was doing an interview with rachel Lindsay, who was the first black bachelorette on extra i believe and she brought this up and he basically proceeded to defend this girl um and it was in a way of and again like i think his original intention was basically to not speak for her um But in doing that, he said some really stupid things like, well, 2018 was so long ago. We (laughs) thought about race in such a different way and like essentially defended some racist things. And then initially his statement was like, after the interview, was not the best. Um, And then... A few days later, then he came back with, like, an actual apology and is stepping away as his role as a host um, for an undisclosed amount of time. It may only be for, like, the After the Final Rose episode. Who really knows? It, that No one actually really knows how long he will be stepping away from his role as host of the franchise. But, like, that's an, that's an example where... If he had just immediately been like, oh, dude, I fucked up, mm-hmm. it might have gone over different. But, like, his first – the first statement that I saw him put out after the interview with Rachel Lindsay, I was like, mm, I don't think that's a real apology. <laughs> so well, – I feel like it's some – it's like a self-preservation instinct because yeah. people – really don't want to admit to themselves that they might be wrong about something. Right. Like, look, I'm a Taurus and an Enneagram 5. (laughs) (laughs) If there's anyone more stubborn in the universe, I don't know them. (laughs) (laughs) But sometimes you have to admit when you're wrong. Right. Because you can't be – no one can be right 100% of the time. Right. And you have to admit when you made people feel like shit. Right. So it's it's hard for everyone, but it's something that, that we need to work on. Right. I think it's interesting. I was just looking at this article where people, I think a lot of people think that when they apologize that everything will automatically go back to normal. Whatever, whatever relationship you have with the person will just go back to the way it was 
prior to whatever happened. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, life doesn't work that way. Right. But it, it, this article um, said that uh, one of the reasons why when we get offended, why we get angry is that we're part of being angry allows us to protect ourselves from being hurt again. Mm, which I find super interesting. <laughs> oh boy, there's some stuff to unpack there. Oh yeah. <laughs> um because nobody wants to feel that pain. Right. <laughs> uh so you you got to put up those walls to kind of box it in and protect yourself. So mm-hmm. If you having trouble accepting an apology, that that could be one of the reasons because you don't want to get hurt again. Yeah, and you're afraid of of letting yourself um, feel your feelings, basically. Yeah, and I being think being vulnerable. And I think it is hard to like as someone that might be in an apologizer role. Mm-hmm. To recognize that just because you're issuing an apology, no matter how heartfelt and sincere it is, doesn't mean that the person has to forgive you or accept your apology. Like, right? I think it's interesting. Actually, you can you can accept someone's apology mm-hmm. without agreeing. Like, I accept your apology, but I don't forgive you. Kind of yeah. situation. Yeah, I have been trying to. I've been teaching my kids that a little bit where they they make each other mad or something and I'm like you guys have to apologize to each other you don't have to you don't have to you know take it you right. don't have to forgive him for apologizing to you but you need to apologize anyway so that brings up another interesting point that I've been trying to be more mindful of because I think our instinct when someone apologizes is to say, oh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And it might not actually be okay. Um, and so what are, you know, what are things that we can say instead? Like, thank you for apologizing. Um, if you actually do forgive them, like, I forgive you. Or, um, you know, I appreciate, I appreciate you apologizing. And I'm going to really think about what you said or whatever it might be um but just like off the cuff being like oh it's okay like it it actually might not really not be okay and and that's okay I think it's a knee-jerk reaction to basically apologize to the apologizer Mm -hmm. yeah like you like you might feel like you automatically need to accept it Mm -hmm. and you don't Mm mm-hmm yeah, if someone has truly wronged you, mm-hmm. like, if someone bumps into you at the grocery store and they clearly didn't mean to, like, being an ass about it is probably not really <laughs> the best use of your time, right? But if someone has truly wronged you and really hurt you, mm-hmm. like, there's, you do not have to accept their apology you do not have to forgive them you do not like your relationship does not have to go back the way it was before um and because I, I think that 
I think that oftentimes in manipulative and abusive relationships, like not just physical abuse, but emotional abuse, um, you'll see that the abuser is often like, well, I apologized. Mm-hmm. Like, what? There's, everything should be fine. Um, and that's not necessarily, like, that. that's not necessarily a thing that should happen. Like, just saying, like, okay, yeah, it's fine when everything's going to go back to normal. Well, I think there's a guilt factor involved where people make you feel bad for feeling bad. Yeah. It's a cycle. It's a really shitty cycle. Because people are like, you should just get over it. Like, well, there's reasons why that person might not be able to. Like, abuser, obviously, is, like, a very extreme example. It's a super extreme example. But, I mean, I think there are just, like, toxic relationships where you have to just acknowledge, like, this is not a healthy person for me to have in my life for any given reason. Um, Mm -hmm. And even if they recognize that they've not been a healthy person in your life and what maybe how they treated you was wrong, like, that still doesn't mean that you have to have a relationship with them moving forward. Yeah, I think we talked about in our friendship episode a little bit how, you know, friendships can change and you can break up with a friend. And if... If something happened where this kind of situation related to an apology means that you end up breaking up with a friend, then that is something that might need to happen. And it doesn't mean that you have to be, like, ending on terrible terms with them. They could apologize. You could, you know, thank them for their apology and, you know, welcome that apology and still decide, you know what, like, it's fine if we're at you know, the same party and we, what are parties anymore? Who knows? Uh, (laughs) If you're at the same party and you run into each other, you can make pleasantries, like, but that they're not somebody that you're going to be texting every day anymore or turning to for advice anymore. Like that, your relationship might change and it doesn't mean that you're going to harbor any hatred towards that person. It just means that your relationship has changed moving forward and that's okay yeah um there's a there's an interesting article i came i came across um that said it's titled if you use this one word you will ruin your apology and the word is if oh interesting in what context uh it says an apology that begins with the phrase i'm sorry if Oh, could come I'm sorry as... if you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. So um, it's not a very long article. I'll link to it. But um, I, I think that that's an interesting thing um, to point out that like it, it's a, it sort of falls into that like non-apology category of, well, I'm sorry if that hurt your feelings or I'm sorry if you misunderstood my meaning. Yeah, I think if you're expressing frustration or anger with the person, then it's not an if. Mm-hmm. You feel that way. Mm-hmm. And the person should not be waffling about on an apology. Mm-hmm. Right. I think, I don't know, there's this 
this article that I have, it's on Greatest, and we'll link to that one too. It talks about how basically you can, like, you can kind of hope for people to be better, mm-hmm. but like all you can do is hope that everyone is like trying their best. But you can't expect anyone to be perfect. So, like, we're going to make mistakes that we will need to apologize for. And we have to be accepting of that. But also, it goes the other way. Right. <laughs> so, as, especially I'm thinking about in the context of, um, you know, in a marriage where okay. people automatically assume all the things that their spouse should be doing for them. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that I'm guilty of this, especially certain things that my husband does. And I'm just like, why can't he understand? Right. <laughs> you need to close the shower curtain. <laughs> <laughs> Please close the bathroom door when you're peeing. Um, but though, I mean, those are tiny things, but it's kind of the same thing. He is trying his best to navigate right. life. I am also trying my best to navigate life. And sometimes those things are at odds. Right. And that's just the way humans are. Right. You know, I I, I think about this a lot, too. Um, just in general, like, we don't know. We don't always know what someone else's trauma is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and even, like, in our marriages, I think we've talked about this before. Like, you don't come into a marriage or any relationship at a blank slate like you have a past before you met that person they have a past before they met you and sometimes we forget to like take into account things that happened before they met us and how that might be impacting their actions or how they view the world and how they're navigating the world and all of those things like if your spouse or even a really good friend has certain like traumatic things that they experienced before you met them like that might not always be like the top of your own mind but it's totally impacting so much of how they are trying to navigate the world and just do their damn best absolutely so. I want to I want to mention this one quote that's in there that ties into it really well. This woman, Amy Deramis, a doctor of psychology, she says, "If nothing else, let them know that they can o- they can only count on you if you can count on them, and you might not be there to help them next time they need you. Then don't talk about it anymore. Just do it. Save your time for people who respect it." Oh, yeah. I want you to read that again because that was really good. <laughs> I like want you I'll to read, read it again to like sink it for it to sink in for people again. Okay. Well, actually, I'll start. I'll I'll, uh, I'll the context is processing like processing the apology and moving on, and I think I'll include the the uh, paragraph ahead of that okay. because that quote's really good too. She says, "If it's someone else's problem, set your boundaries." Thank them for the apology and let them know what action you need from them. If they don't do it, impose some consequences. If nothing else, let them know that they can only count on you if you can count on them and you might not be there to help them next time they need you. Then don't talk about it anymore. Just do it. Save your time for people who respect it. 
I like want to like stand up and like applaud that. Right. <laughs> oh my god! I'm send this so lady an email. <laughs> Please come be my psychology psychologist. Motherfucking Mike. Uh, that's fantastic. Right. Yeah, I think that's like just to say again back to the the friendship episode. I think we we attach so much to the people that we know, mm-hmm. and it's totally fine to not be friends with everyone to not you know you can be friendly with people but you don't have to give up your life for people that aren't giving that up for you yeah absolutely i i think a lot of people put a lot of stock into having a lot of friends mm -hmm. um but what are you really getting out of every single one of those friendships? Like you might, if you're, there are some people who can have lots and lots and lots of friends Mm -hmm. and do really well. But are those people who have your back, are they people who, when they fuck up, they admit they fucked up. Mm -hmm. They apologize. Um, Yeah. I know. I just, I just read that and I was like, oh my God. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. I feel like that's a, I feel like that's a great place to, to leave this topic. Like yeah, that was a good that was a good wrap up. Good job, Megan. It's gonna print that out and put it on my mirror, mirror every morning. <laughs> <laughs> put it on my mirror. Put it next to my like computer monitor. <laughs> put it yeah on my back of my phone case. Put it everywhere. That's fantastic. I would also like to add to that. I know we were gonna end, but I would also like to add. Respect your own time and apologize to yourself when you need to apologize to yourself. Ooh. Because sometimes we are really shitty to ourselves. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That's like a whole nother episode. Yeah. I mean, we could just really dive in deep there, but Shit, I will just <laughs> getting really introspective on this Tuesday night. But are. man, love yourself, man. Love yourself. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, we will come back to that topic because that's that. Well, I think that actually like really is another episode in and of itself. But everyone can ponder on that in the meantime. <laughs> think about it. Think about it. All right, Megan. What is bringing you joy? So Reese is doing a project for art class. He has art this semester. Nice. And they are doing stop motion. Which is the coolest. Uh, I'm so jealous. He also, they get to do it on their phones and everything. They have a little app that they use. But he is almost done. He's been doing his little setup in my office because I have, like, backdrops and stuff. And he has, um, I found a phone tripod among all my supplies Mm -hmm. that he's been using. And it's really fun. And he uh, is doing a really good job. He's doing, like, a... He's really into the Fast and the Furious right now. Because he's a 13-year-old boy. Right, exactly. Uh, And so he did a little car scene. And uh, everything's um, like Lego cars. Because we have 10,000 Legos. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) we have Lego fire. So he made like the car like have fire come out the thing and then like we had some polyfill he used that for exhaust and it's like it looks really cool and I'm really proud of him so I can't wait to see the final version of it and I kind of hope that that's kind of the thing that he'll be like oh I really like doing that I actually like want to pursue something like that because I'm starting to worry 
that he's not interested in literally anything. <laughs> <laughs> but he seemed to have a lot of fun making this stop motion. So that's good. That's yeah. I. I'm excited to see it. That's so much fun. Are yeah, gonna, it's so. F- are you gonna? Like, I'm gonna share it. And do some things for your like. I might. It looks really motion. cool. He has to make like 500 pictures though to make like a 30 second, maybe not even 30 second, like super short, short video. Yeah. So it would take forever to make an actual like movie situation. Oh my gosh. I can't, like I, the people that do it for a living, it, it. I can't imagine. It's bananas. It completely blows my mind. I am always impressed when I see stop motion stuff. Um, right. Like we have attention to detail, but. We do not have that attention to detail. I have attention to detail, but I also have ADD. So (laughs) the attention part just goes out the window and I just can't anymore. So Right. (laughs) But also, I mean, if that was the thing I was going to hyper focus on for a day, then yes, I could probably crank out a stop motion video. But it would have to be like it would have to align with my ADD of like, that's the thing I'm going to hyper focus on bless my heart but also you would do it for like a day and then you'd be like that's enough of that right because again you hyper focus and then you're gone so it's fine it's fine i go sleep for a week now Uh uh-huh pretty much (laughs) so what is bringing you joy well so actually i have two things um one is we can say what we want about 2020 but it was the year that i finally decided to just give up on wearing underwire bras and <laughs> this is a realization that I just have stopped caring about it. Just really has been bringing me joy lately. And I ordered a couple uh, more like non-underwire bras from Soma this week. Um, and I am just very grateful that companies now are actually making like sports bras and bralettes or whatever the fuck they call them for bigger boobs that actually like have some support but also don't have underwire so technology is great bras are getting better it's making me very happy the second thing is today at work um some folks were talking about stuff that they were going to grow this year and someone brought up this topic of lemon trees which then someone else said that they used to have a variegated pink lemon tree that they just like kept in their house And I fell down the rabbit hole, and long story short, I have ordered myself a variegated pink lemon tree. (laughs) It will be delivered in April. There's a 100% chance that by the time it is delivered in April, I will have forgotten I even ordered it. So it will be like Christmas morning when it arrives. But I am going to have a variegated pink lemon tree that I will attempt to keep alive. This is very exciting. It is very exciting. It's so cute. I like Googled. It is cute. It is. It's so cute. And then the website that I found, the one that I ordered on, also had like kumquat trees. I I did not order a kumquat tree, although it was extremely tempting. <laughs> so I, we're, we're going to try the pink lemon tree first. It might, it might actually have to live in the baby's room because it gets the best light in the house. Um, so during the cold months, it might have to live in Eden's room, <laughs> which is totally normal to just like keep a lemon tree in your child's room. Totally but fine. It's totally fine. It can live, it can live outside in the, in 
like during the summer Um, yeah but anyway that is bringing me joy and i'm certain will bring me joy in april when it is finally delivered every time we leave a house that we have bought Mm -hmm. i leave a lemon tree behind Oh. Like, granted, it's only been two houses, but... <laughs> On purpose, or just... No, like, they're in the grounds. Oh. <laughs> like, I plant a lemon tree when I move into the house, and I'm like, I'm going to grow lemons. And then, for like, however many years later, you move. just when the tree starts to start <laughs> producing, we sell the house and move away. <laughs> Oops. Well, and now, now we can't grow lemon trees here. So. No, you cannot grow them outside. But apparently you could, because apparently this like little pink lemon tree, like it will produce fruit indoors. Mm-hmm. It's not usually like very big fruit, but it will produce fruit. I think it, I think it does maybe produces bigger fruit if you put it outside during the summer. So I guess that. If you live in a your, warmer climate, probably. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I guess that could be your, your lemon tree happy medium for i guess i'll have to pick a new fruit so i could grow raspberries here oh you totally could just plant i could just plant raspberry bushes all over the yard and then by the time they're ready to produce a lot of raspberries we'll sell the house and move (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure that's what's gonna happen oh man yeah yeah, please grow some raspberries or blackberries or both. I think I'm going to do actually raspberries and then black raspberries. Yes. Because I love black raspberries and they're so hard to get. Mm, yum. Oh, my God. I want summer. I'm excited. So much. <laughs> I was literally thinking yesterday how I'm just so tired of winter food. I'm just really – I've hit that point in the season oh, where yeah. the novelty of comfort food has worn off and I just want like a big-ass salad of full of produce from the farmer's market mm-hmm. and we're a few months off from that yet so it's fine we're it's fine. like a, a lot of months off like some really good strawberries oh my god sounds so good yeah yeah we're a lot of months off from that so it's fine everything is fine we will really appreciate it when summer comes though we, we really that is will. the benefit of living in the midwest <laughs> yeah so true you love the shit out of summer this is true <laughs> Well, next week, we are going to be talking about divorce. That's right. We've talked about marriage. We've talked about relationships. But a part of some of those relationships is divorce. And so we're going to be unpacking some of the stigma around that. Until then, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on your favorite platform. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from our listeners. Bye.